them. We're no different than them. They don't see a difference. As a matter of fact, the only thing, if you asked a hundred people that would say, I'm not a Christian or I'm not affiliated with Christ in a, in a church or anything, if you said the, the first word that comes to your mind when I say Christian, their response is going to be hypocrite because you say this, but you do that. So we're, we're, we're not only nondescript, irrelevant, we're actually negative to relevance in, in, the, in the sense of changing culture, being the salt, being the light of the world. So that's us. You know, I, I don't hurt your feelings, but to a large extent, that's us. But the church says that when Jesus commissioned us, we don't have to know necessarily how to do everything. I was thinking about this this morning, kind of like a follow-on sermon, and we start talking about praying for the sick. It's like, well, how do you do that? Well, let's look at the scriptures. And you see Jesus, and, and he spit in his hand, and he rubbed in the eyes, and sometimes he said, your sins are forgiven, and sometimes he said, get up and walk, and sometimes he said, his faith healed you. Sometimes it appears like he, he said, go wash yourself and come back, and now you're healed. So I think the answer is not how he did it, but the authority he had to do it. And we have his authority in Jesus' name to be his body with him as our head on this earth doing those things that he's commissioned his church to do. So we need to get into the phone booth as Clark Kent. And by the grace of God, we're praying that, that when we come out, we will be changed in the way that we think, in our expectation, that we will have met him, seen his holiness, and chosen to be different and then enabled by holy spirit for that to actually happen so that's the long of why are we here today we're here to get a spirit of repentance from the lord and repent from dead works and repent from being casual and and seeing ourselves as church differently than we're called to be and then praying to god for the grace to repent and the motivation for the heart to be zealous for him. Okay? All right. So that's why we're here. That's the prayers. That's the cry out. Um, wherever the Holy Spirit leads us is going to be awesome. It was just wonderful last night. I mean, it was almost 10 o'clock before we finished last night. We started just a couple minutes after 7, and it was just beautiful. It's going to be just as wonderful today because God's will is for us to be like Jesus. Okay, let's just pray a minute, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the opportunity to be called sons and daughters of God. We don't reject you. We ask, God, for your presence to come. We ask for the resources of heaven to be poured out in this place. We ask, God, for the grace to repent from being less than, for thinking it's okay to be less than. Lord, I know that your mercies are new. I know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. But there comes a time, Book of Hebrews says, by now you should be teachers, but I still have to feed you milk. You can't eat meat. Lord, I pray that you'll help us make the desires of your heart the desires of our heart. I heard a testimony from John G. Lake of a man, and he got saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit. He hadn't seen him for a while. He saw him again, and the man said, my tobacco tasted terrible in my mouth. I couldn't drink my alcohol anymore. It made my stomach sick. He had such a transformation. He was different. Lord, that's what we're asking for. By your grace, baptize us in Holy Spirit. Baptize us again and again and again and again and again, Lord. By your power, by your grace, by your love, by your discipline, by your everything. You are I am, God. 
Help us to be exactly who you want us to be, Lord, that we might take your kingdom. The kingdom of, or kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent people, violent men, take it by force, Lord. Help us to be violent in the way that we bring your kingdom to manifest in every part of this world. We pray our prayers. We give our thanks, all of our worship. Matter of fact, we ask you to anoint us to worship in spirit and in truth. All these things we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we just give it to you right now. Lord, we give you our heart right now. We give you permission to do a deep work in our hearts. We say, come Holy Spirit. 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 Come in a whirlwind of fire. Come Holy Spirit. I'm redeeming you today. I'm refashioning you today. I'm making all things new. Just trust me. Give me everything and watch what I do. Watch what I do in you. I'll do it in you and then I'll do it through you. Just say yes again. Everything, everything that I am, everything that I've done, I lay it all before you. I cast my crown, I cast my life before you, and I give you permission to do whatever you want to do in me today. Come in a whirlwind of fire and catch me up in that whirlwind. And the Lord would say, Watch what I'll do. I'm bringing you into a season of acceleration. If you'll just yield to me, yield everything, yield your life, yield your job, your career, your family, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren. You're in a season that I'm redeeming. I'm buying back. Hey, so watch what I do. Just lay it before me. Don't touch it anymore. Don't touch them anymore. Entrust them to me. Entrust it to me and watch what I do. Watch what I do. Don't look back anymore. No more looking back. You'll not be defined by your past. And I'll redeem it. And I'll lay it in your future if you'll just trust me with it. Watch what I do. Watch what I do. Watch what I do with a few that hear my word and obey. Watch what I do. See, all I need is a few. If I have a few, I can turn the world upside down again. Watch what I do with a few that hear my word and move quickly. Watch what I do with a few. I'll shift regions. 
I'll mantle them with my authority. I'll give them the government of my kingdom. I'm just looking for a few. For wide is the gate and many go through it. But narrow is the gate and the Lord would say, I am that gate and few enter in by it. Few will lay it all down. Few will enter into that gate for I am the gate. And if you enter through that gate, I'll make all things new. Don't worry what you got to lay down. That which is of me, I'll redeem it and I'll bring it in your future. Watch what I do with a few. I'm raising up an end time army. Hey, and that's you. I'm positioning you. Some of you are in transition. Don't fear transition. Don't fear the future. For the Lord would say the future is in the palm of my hand. And you're in the palm of my hand. And nothing, absolutely nothing, can pluck you out of my hand. Stay surrendered. Live a life of surrender in my hand. And watch what I do. I'll mantle you with authority. I'll give you government. I made you for this. I made you for government to release my kingdom. To release my authority. I'll do this through you. I'm looking right at you. I love you. I'm not disillusioned by your weakness. I'm not caught off guard. For you did not choose me. See, I knew everything about you. I knew everywhere you would go. I knew every time you would stumble and fail. I knew every mistake. I knew what you would do in the darkness. And I still chose you because I believe in you. And I've appointed you. I've ordained you to bear fruit. You will bear fruit. Just believe again. Trust me again. I'm not caught off guard by your weakness, your failure, and stumbling. Just don't make an excuse. Just come to me and say, God, I give you everything again. I will not be a victim of circumstance. But I will be a victor through the blood of Christ Jesus. So today, Lord, we surrender everything to you. We say, here we are, those few, those few, those chosen, those appointed. And I just declare and decree over you today that your destiny is arising, that which you were made for, that which the Almighty stamped on your DNA, it's arising, I prophesy, even to your DNA, and I say, sons and daughters of the Most High God, arise. Sons and daughters of the Most High God, arise, that something's being unlocked today. Your destiny is being unlocked today. You will arise. You will be clothed in royal garments. You're my sons. You're my daughters. I've not rejected you, but I've chosen you. So, Lord, we thank you. 
Lord, I thank you today that this is an appointed time. This is an appointed season. This is an appointed day. This is an appointed hour. And you are an appointed people. Lord, I thank you. Open the eyes of our heart. Release wisdom and revelation. Father, open the eyes of our heart to behold, to see, to come into the full knowledge of your Son. Open the eyes of our heart that we would know the hope of his calling and that we would be participants in the calling of the Lord God, that we would be participants. Lord, open our eyes to the glorious inheritance you have in us, what you've deposited in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Lord, that our eyes would be open to the surpassing greatness of your power towards us, a remantling, a fresh anointing, an end time anointing in the spirit and the power of Elijah, an end time messenger movement that awakens regions, that awakens cities. Can a whole city be saved? I say yes. Lord, I thank you that out of Michigan, there's coming a movement. Lord, I thank you for a movement even here today being birthed in Jesus' name. We're going to transition into the word. And I feel to, to speak a word. And... Um, Hallelujah. Like Pastor Ed always says, he says, he's after our lifestyle. He's after your lifestyle. That we would be a burning incense unto the Lord. A burning incense that the fire never gets turned off. I've had the privilege within the last couple weeks here to have a couple evangelists at my house. And these guys are the real deal. Everywhere we go, these guys are telling everybody about Jesus. Everybody. It doesn't matter. I mean, restaurants, gas station, these guys are out of the car making the connection, telling people about Jesus. This wasn't something that they just were working up, but this was a baptism of fire that they see the urgency of the hour that we're living in. Do you see, are you paying attention to what's going on? Are you understanding the movement that's happening, that God's after our lifestyle? After everything, every portion of your life, He's invading. He wants it to radiate love. He's restoring to the body of Christ love, restoring compassion, that we would care that people are dying and going to hell. We care, but we're not doing anything about it. We care. We can honestly say we care, but we're not doing anything about it. And God is wooing the heart of his bride. He's setting her on fire again, that we would be radiant, that we would see with his eyes. 
and we would be compassionate the way he's compassionate that we would be moved by compassion when we see somebody hobbling in the in the grocery store or if we just see so, anything you know it i mean we're his children who we're his governing body in the earth if we don't do it who will and we're waiting for him to come back to do this and he says you're my children do it while you're there he is awakening with my eyes i'm seeing the lord woo his bride capturing her again bringing her up to the another level that we've never been at we don't know what this looks like but god's breaking in i'm running into the remnant all over michigan just these little fires and you know i want to you know you're getting ready to hear from a man who's a seer he's a prophetic voice stay connected I mean, this man has dreams and visions and declares things for God. Most don't understand him, but he's a prophetic voice of the Lord in the hour that we are in, an urgent messenger of the Lord, that he will stand to decree all by himself what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to him. He'll just do it. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks, kind of like John the Baptist. You know, he doesn't care. Like Jesus, I don't care what you think. I'm going to stand on the court. Go ahead and point your finger. I don't care. He's a, you know, he's a, just receive him with what he has. Because I'm sure he has a meal for you today. Just open your understanding. Father, I just thank you right now that you would open the understanding of everyone here. That we would receive the word of God today. We will receive the man of God today. A true prophet. You're going to hear from a true prophet of the Lord today. A man of God that burns for the Lord. And burns that every portion of him is consumed with the fire of God. God, I just thank you for this man of God. Lord, I ask that every word that proceeds out of his mouth is fresh from the throne room, Lord. Lord, that you anoint his mouth right now with fire, with a sword, God. Lord, that as it comes out, God, it'll go out and pierce every heart, but yet come back and pierce his own. A double-edged sword. God, I ask for fire and the power of the Holy Spirit to flow from Ed in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, worship team. Well, we're doing good, aren't we? Amen. Everyone good? And God has the right people here today. And so um, I am going to speak out of John chapter 4. and But I have to set the table. And sometimes when I set the table, don't get discouraged if it takes a minute to get. Um, you know, before you put the meal on the table, you got to set the table, right? So I'm trying to think of the short version and, um, but the Lord did say that he's making this house into a new wine skin that can hold the end time wine and you must transition into the new wine skin and you must not fear those that you might lose in the process for don't worry about those that 
that might not want to become the new wineskin because the only one that will receive the new wine is the one that's made into a new wineskin. And he's going to release revelation on government. He's going to open this book. He's going to open the scroll and you're going to eat it and you're going to prophesy and you're going to declare things from this congregation and you're going to watch them happen on the news. You're going to release stuff over the region and you're going to watch it happen. You're going to shift atmosphere. You're going to release the government of the kingdom, but you must be made new. There cannot be no old in the new. And he's making all things new. So become that new wineskin. And so I've been in a season. I've been in a season just of this. Um, I'm trying to think of how to bring you without telling the whole story. God help me. <laughs> but, but I've been in this prophetic whirlwind season. And um, my whole life has been that. But. Um, from resurrection, from cocaine overdose to radical, you know, um, just transformation. And um, I just live by the word of the Lord. And it really works really well. It works really well. And um, at the beginning of this year, I was at a commissioning service and um, I was being commissioned um and um, although my commissioning's from heaven um, with a Apostle Barbie Yoder and Chuck Pierce. And at that commissioning meeting, that day even, um, I'm like, Lord, because I'm really Larry, I don't believe you can be commissioned by man. You're either commissioned by God or you have no commissioning. You, you don't get commissioned by people. All they can do is say, we affirm what God's done. And so um, I'm like, Lord, if you want me to do this, uh, you know, I need a sign. And um, that morning, because it was at night, uh, our, our church has all windows. We're in a storefront and worship practice is going on. And right when I'm walking by the window, it sounds like someone shot the window. I thought, oh, they're coming after me. No, I'm joking. No. And I mean, it stopped the whole worship team. It was that loud. And I look out the window. I'm like, what in the world is that? And I look out and it's an eagle hit the window right where I was walking by. I'm like, hmm, this is very interesting. And so they all came over to look and, and, uh, it just took off. Woo. And, um, I thought, hmm. I think that's a sign of some kind. I told him, I think he was trying to land on my shoulder and didn't see the window. And then that night, I'm like, you know, Lord, if you want me to really be a part of this group, you know, give me this sign. And um, they did the commissioning thing and all that. And uh, Chuck Pierce was there. And if you maybe don't know who Chuck Pierce is, he's an international prophet is who he is. And if he prophesies something, just take the check to the bank and cash it. So that's how accurate he is. And so 
he pipes in. He's like, oh, the Lord's telling me to do something that I really don't want to do, but I know this is God. And he pulls off, and I'm wearing it today. He pulls out, he's wearing this, this silver arrowhead. And he's like, I was just at a meeting in Washington, the state of Washington, and this American Indian, Native American Indian woman who's going to dance at the inauguration. And this is on 113 of 13, January 13th. And he said, this Native American uh, uh, Native woman uh, is going to dance at the inauguration. And I went there to pray over her and, and kind of um, and commission her. And she gave me, this is Chuck saying this to all of us, and I don't know where he's going with it. He said, she gave me this silver arrowhead. And the arrowheads, he said, were made of flint. And she said to Chuck Pierce, and this was two days, this was on the 11th he got it, January 11th. And then he's at Shekinah Christian Church in Ann Arbor on the 13th. But this Native American woman who's prophetic said, the Lord said to make this for you and to give it to you, to give it to Chuck. And she said, the Lord is saying that this is flint for the future. And if you know anything about silver, silver means redemption in the Bible. That this is flint for the future. And if you know anything about arrows in the Bible, like arrows hidden in the quiver are sons. It represents sons of redemption. Come on. So Denny told you I'm weird, so no, good. So, but it's all good. And so he said, this is Flint for the future. And this, or she said to him, this is Flint for the future. And this represents the time for Flint to be ignited. And he said to her, well, you know, the first word I ever gave in Michigan in 1992 was over Flint, Michigan. Look north, strike the match. He was in Detroit. The fire will burn from there, from Flint, down through Detroit and through the nation. And so he said, and then he, he gave it to me, <laughs> which was off the charts. And he said, this signifies that now is the time for Flint to be ignited. And this will be used to move the fire across Michigan. Come on. And I, it's on YouTube. You can watch that. But I tell you that because from 113, after that, the Lord said, watch the 13s of every month. Watch the 13s. And on every 13 of every month, something significant has happened in the year of 13. In 213, lightning hit St. Peter's Basilica. And the Lord immediately said to me, Acts 12, 7, I'm bringing Peter out of prison. It's in Rome, you know. I'm birthing an apostolic movement. I'm bringing Peter, the apostolic, the true apostolic, not the false Amway apostolic. Because there's an Amway apostolic and there's a true apostolic. I'm bringing the apostolic out of prison. And that's a whole message. So don't get me preaching that message. Or I'll preach. 
Can I have a little more in the mic? Just a little more. That will help. And I'll back it away if I get too loud. Trust me with the volume. <laughs> so thank you. If I do one of these, hey, I'll back it off. So I just want a little more. Come on. Don't do that too much. <laughs> so 313, just by chance. Thank you. A new pope got elected. And the Lord says, I'm shifting authority structures. You're going from Saul to David. I'm tearing the mantle from Saul and I'm giving it to a Davidic generation. And that's a whole message. 413, the Lord had me release a message, a prophetic word that the big three, you know, GM, Chrysler, Ford, becomes the big four. That there's a fourth vehicle movement. If you know anything about dreams, visions, and the prophetic vehicle represents, you know, ministry. And guess what? Flint's vehicle city. But Michigan's also a vehicle state. That there's a vehicle coming out of Michigan that will bring revival to the nation. That there's a movement coming out of Michigan and the spirit and the power of Elijah that will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children of the fathers. And I've even been declaring and believing that there'll be a fourth vehicle company called victory motors that'll be Christian owned. Come on. And I can't go into the V thing because this makes a V a victory. And the Lord had me trade my vehicle. And even though I didn't want to, and he had me buy a victory red truck that I didn't want to buy because he said, you will live this message. You will live this message. I'm not calling you to prophesy. I'm calling your life to prophesy. You will live this message and tell my people to trade in their old vehicle, their old ministry, because the ministry that I'm bringing to the earth has never been driven in. So you got to get rid of the old and get into a new end time vehicle and the spirit and the power of Elijah. Because see, I wanted to buy a vehicle because I hate the preacher with the big shiny car. I despise that. That provokes me to no uh, end. And I hate that. So the Lord says, I know you're not into that. And I'm going to make you do this. Tra I like my old vehicle, Lord. No, trade it in because that one can't pull the weight. You need to buy a truck and I'm given an end time vehicle that will pull the weight of glory. The ministry and the movement the church has now can't hold the weighty glory. It can't pull the glory. And then by the way, you're going to get a travel trailer and you're going to have a caravan of people that are going to move uh, together and go to cities and light cities. He's on fire. I mean, there's a whole message that goes with it. But I can't preach that message. All I'll say is, I didn't want victory red. I was looking for a new vehicle that looked used. One like gray. If you have gray, I'm not knocking your gray. But that's a long story. But he said, tell... My people, they don't get to choose what the vehicle looks like. You don't get to choose what the movement looks like. But I'm telling you, it will be good. And it will be bright red. And it will be victorious. And, oh, that's a whole story about 5773. If you know anything about 5773, we're in the Hebraic year of 5773, which is God's calendar. When Constantine came in, 
He instituted his own calendar. He instituted pagan priests. You can study it. He changed the feast days, changed God's appointed times, made Easter Issachar, which is, which is a form of Baal. Did you know Easter is Issachar, which is a form of Baal? You don't want me to go there now. Maybe you do. And so we're in the year 5773. 73 is A-N, Gamal. It means A-N is I, to see. Gamal is a word of redemption. This is a year to see redemption, to see silver. This is a year, if you move with God, you'll see redemption in your family. Come on. You'll see redemption of things from the past. I mean, I could preach 15 messages and I probably will. So for, I'll move on, move on, Ed. So I'm four, nine, I have a dream. And in this dream, a man in a red shirt gives me a silver coin. And it wasn't like this one. It was smaller. And on it said point nine, 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 fine silver. And I knew it was valuable and it turned into like $40 million. That's the short version. And I woke up. I'm like, hmm, that was more than just a dream. That was a message. And when I released this message about the vehicle on 419, a woman came up to me in that service and said, the Lord's saying to you, buy silver. And I usually don't take words from people and just do what they say. But the Lord already gave me the dream. I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear you. And so being the great man of faith that I am, I did nothing for 10 days. And the, I woke up on 429 Monday morning doing my devotions. And the spirit of the fear of the Lord came in the room. And he said, you did not buy silver. And I'm telling you right now to get online and buy some silver. And I'm telling you, you know, when the spirit of the fear of the Lord comes in that, that, you know, you know that you're about to die if you don't do what he says. Come on. I forgot the most important part of the vehicle part, though. The Lord said, if you obey, I will pay. Because, see, I don't go into debt. I don't like debt. And I didn't want to sign that paper. And if you don't, I won't. See, if you want to do it your way, you got to pay the bills. You got to figure it out in your mind, burned out, frustrated. I'm speaking to someone. But if you obey my voice, I've got this bad boy covered. 429, the if you obey, I will pay comes again. I got online. I bought silver. I'm sitting there. I knew I needed to buy a coin. I'm like, Lord, what should I buy? And I'm very prophetic with numbers. Numbers prophesy all the time. And I'm like, 12, 47, what? And I couldn't come up with a number for the life of me. I'm like, Lord. And for some reason, I just, 15. 15 doesn't mean nothing to me. You know, but I'm like, this feels right. 15. I'm going to, all right, 15. I'm just going to buy silver. You said buy silver. So I go to bed that night and I'm waiting for my wife to come down to bed. 
And I'm um, like, Lord, what's up with the silver? Why 15 silver coins? He said, Luke 15, the woman. I'm like, ah, the woman that lost a coin. Remember Luke 15, the woman had 10 coins and she lost a coin and was frantic and lit a lamp and was sweeping the house trying to find that coin. You ever wonder why she was so frantic? If you study it, you can Google it. See, a, a Jewish woman would have a dowry, and she had a good dowry. She would buy 10 silver coins, and it was a headdress. It was her wedding ring. It was a sign of covenant is what it was, those 10 silver coins. So that's why she was freaking out. If you lost your wedding ring, you'd be freaking out, wouldn't you? You know what I'm saying? And so this was the most valuable thing she had. It, it signified something. And, and the Lord says, I'm redeeming the lost coin to the woman, the church. In the Bible, woman represents church or Israel. And I'm redeeming the lost coin to the woman, to the church. That we lost our covenants not complete on our head. The revelation of the new covenant. We've lost a coin and we don't even know it. And the Lord says, I'm going to redeem that lost coin to the woman, to that death. If you're desperate enough and say, you know what? We're missing something, God. You know, there's something missing in the church. And I don't know, but I know this is not what I see in the book of Acts. This is what I know. I know there's so much more. And I'm going to light a lamp and I'm going to sweep the whole house clean. The whole house of the church clean until I find the lost coin. And this is a season that God's redeeming the lost coin to the woman. That her covenant will be complete. That we will have a better covenant than Moses whose face shined with glory based on better promises and to the desperate and the hungry that will sweep the house clean and say, God, whatever needs to go, whatever needs to get out, God, I want the full revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to walk in the full stature of Christ as a mature man, not lacking anything, not being tossed to or fro by every wind of doctrine, that when I walk into places, I shift atmospheres, that I release the spirit of the fear of the Lord, that I release the kingdom with authority that I don't want to just speak a mere word. I want to speak the word of the Lord that has authority that releases angels that shifts nations. Come on. And I'm laying in my bed. I'm like, Lord, that's good. But I should have bought 10 coins. <laughs> what am I 15? You idiot. I'm really, I'm disturbed, even though I got Luke 15. I'm like, I should have bought 10 coins. What's wrong with that? And my wife comes to bed. I'm like, Lord, I should have bought 10 coins. She's like, shut up. No, she didn't say that. She didn't say that. She has to live with this prophetic guy. You know, she sees this stuff. They see this stuff all the time, you know. And, uh, and so, so I go to bed and um, I was just like, you know, disappointed. But the Lord spoke to me in the night. And so the coins were supposed to come like May 28th or something like that. There was like a month delay on the silver market. And um, so I go to bed and I wake up and the Lord speaks to me in the middle of the night and says, you didn't miss it. You know, I'm redeeming the coin, all that. And so 
I go in Mother's Day, uh, May 12th, and, um, and I see I have an email from the coin company. And I click it, and there's a tracking number, and the coins are in Michigan on Mother's Day. They're not delivered to my house. Guess when I got the coins delivered to my house on the 13th? Just by chance that I held these coins, these 15 coins in my hand on the 13th. On the day of redemption, the 13th year, and a year of redemption. But on Mother's Day, the Lord had me release a prophetic word over the church. Because... The church is the mother of all the earth. And the church has been conceiving a mixed seed and been giving birth to mixture and sons and daughters of mixture. But the Lord says, I'm redeeming the womb of the church. And once again, that they will give birth to my sons and daughters, that I'll raise up the regional church, I'll raise up a regional body that will conceive a holy seed, the word of the Lord, even as Mary said, let it be done unto me according to your word. And can she conceive the word of God that once again, that I'm opening the womb of my church that has been barren and doesn't even know it that they're bearing, that they've been conceiving and giving birth to the flesh, but I'm going to have a church. I'm going to have a woman. I'm coming to the woman. And how do I know that because when I look at the church, you see the same stats in the church as you see in the world, the same numbers in every negative realm you find in the church. What are we giving birth to? But the Lord's not wanting to hit us over the head with a hammer. He's coming as kinsman redeemer. And he says, I love you. I want you get your eyes off your weakness. Just come to me again because you're in a season of silver. I've not come to knock you over the head. I've come to awaken your destiny and once again you will give birth to my sons and daughters and I declare over you you will give birth to destiny even today there's something leaping in your belly there's something being unlocked and I don't care what you did in the past I don't care what people say about you and it's just the Lord says I am redeeming you. I'm redeeming your destiny. The enemy came in to kill, steal, and destroy, to distract you and to get you off track. But I've broken the back of the enemy over your life and I'm redeeming your destiny. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't listen to the naysayers. Because even some of the stuff they say are true, but it's not God's perspective about you. The Lord says, I'm redeeming my harlot bride. I'm redeeming my harlot bride. And he's, it's, just, it's the word of the Lord. And it's like, oh, I don't want to hear that. And, you know, James said, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think the scripture says without reason that the spirit he calls to live in us jealously and intensely desires us that he will share us with no other. But see, this is not, we make it, oh, God's not happy with me. He's not mad. You know, he's mad at me and woe is me. And God loves you radically and he'll not share you with any other. God is a lover looking for a lover and he'll not share us with another. And I'm telling you, this is an appointed time that God's redeeming the woman. 
And we can't redeem ourselves. He'll redeem us. So I go on Mother's Day. I saw that. And um, I'm like, ooh, I know this, this is how I operate. This is how I live. It's like, ooh, Lord. He says, now release the word about the coins on Mother's Day. What an appropriate day to, to release the word. And so I go to study because I go in early because I'm so prepared. I prepare on Sunday morning. Because you know what? If I prepare something, he'll just change it. I can barely prepare anymore. I went from 20 hours of preparation to about an hour. The Lord said, prepare the messenger, and then I'll release the message. So I opened my Thompson chain, this Bible, and I just opened it up. Oh, I turned to Jebusites. Lord, don't get me on that. <laughs> I turned to Issachar, too. Thompson chain has a, you know, titles in the back with scriptures. And I open it. Guess what I opened it to? The title, Silver. I'm like, get out of here. And I, my eyes look down, and it falls on Hosea 3, 1 and 2 was the scripture reference for silver. The Lord, and this is the scripture. The Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover. Do you remember who Hosea was? He was a prophet. How would you like this prophetic uh, mandate? Go marry a woman a harlot woman of adultery. How would that work in the church today? How would that work? How would Ezekiel work in the church today? Lay on your side and cook your food on dung. We throw that person in the mental institution. So I just had to buy a vehicle and coins. I got it made. Hosea, thank you. Hosea is the prophet that marries the woman of adultery. Because, see, God knew we would commit adultery. And he still married us. He knew we'd cheat on him. He chose us even though he knew we would commit adultery. That's how radical the love of God is. But, see, he doesn't give up on us. The world, your friends, your neighbors, your family, especially those that you're closest to, many times will give up on you point the finger and the Lord hasn't given up on the church. He's redeeming the woman, the church. And God is the prophet Hosea. This is go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. And that's the season we're in just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. They love the delicacies of pagans they're feeding themselves on idolatry and the, the fruit of idolatry. But God says, I love them and I'm going to marry them again. And I'm going to bring forth their destiny. And we would say, kill him, God. Thank God he didn't kill me. And he still doesn't kill me. Check this out. Verse two. And I'm telling you, when I turned to the, when I saw this, you could hear me shouting down in Linden. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver. Get out of here. He didn't have me buy the barley. I'm like, you can't make this stuff up. You can, you can try. 
I bought her for 15 shekels of silver. The Lord is redeeming the woman. The Lord's redeeming you. He's redeeming someone's destiny in the room. You think your destiny is done, but the Lord says, oh, I trust you. I trust you again. I love you. I'm redeeming you again. So the Lord, this is a time that the Lord is redeeming the woman. John chapter four. And I'll reel it in. Therefore, when the Lord knew the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, John the Baptist, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were, he loved Judea and went again into Galilee. He had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria. Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by a well. It was the sixth hour. It was noon. And a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into a city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it you being a Jew? Ask me for a drink. Me being a Samaritan woman for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. That's good. The well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as the son and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you have said, well, I have no husbands or no husband for you have had five husbands. And the one that you now have is not your husband and that you've spoken truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Okay. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. She's going to try to change the subject on Jesus. And you Jews say that Jesus, that in Jerusalem is the place we ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming that you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You will, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and it now is. That the true worshipers, I like that now, now is the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who's called Christ. And when he comes, he'll tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why were you talking with her? 
The woman left her water pot, which is key. That's the end of the message. The woman, the church, left her water pot and went on her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man that told me everything about my life. Jesus had to pass through Samaria. I know you've heard sermons on this, and I don't know what you've heard about it, but it don't really matter. Most Jews would cross the Jordan. Jerusalem's down here. Galilee's up here. Most Jews would cross the Jordan, go across the Jordan, up the Jordan, and cross back over by the Sea of Galilee because Samaria was a city of mixture, mixed blood. And Jesus, you know, Jesus only did what he saw the father doing, what he heard father saying. He did nothing by random chance. Like, well, this is the shortest way. Let's go this way. Jesus had to go. He had a divine appointment. He saw what father was was doing and he had to go to Samaria. He had to go to a city of mixture and meet a woman of mixture. He had to go meet an unclean woman at the well, at the watering hole. And this is a season, an appointed time that Jesus is coming to the church at the watering hole. The watering hole is the church and he's meeting us even in our mixture, even though we've been married to five uh, husbands, we've been married to many movements and many denominations and many different things. He's coming to us in our impurity and he's meeting us and he's speaking forth our destiny and he's awakening our destiny at this appointed time because it is your appointed time. It's this church's appointed time. I don't just go anywhere and neither does Denny. I'm here on divine mandate to say now is your appointed time. This is your time to be awakened. This is your home's time to be awakened. This is your family's time to be awakened. This is this church's time to be awakened. Not that you're all bad, but there's something locked up on your DNA that needs to be unlocked by the word of the Lord. And this is an appointed time for you to walk in your destiny, to walk in your mandate, to go to a new place you've never been before. This is an appointed time to leave your natural water pot behind and get a supernatural one because the well is deep and you can't draw that water in the natural You can only draw it up by the spirit and he's going to give you a supernatural increase, an unceasing flow of the spirit. He's coming to the desperate and the hungry that say, God, we don't have it. And I know you don't have it, the Lord would say, but sweep the house clean and I'll restore that coin of covenant. So just by chance, I went home last night was piecing this together because Mindy helped me give me confirmation on what I should speak on. And I open and on my, it's on Yahoo on me, on my email and Lord always speaks to me something about Yahoo. The first story on there is just by chance that miraculous recovery of a wedding ring. Arizona fires burned all those cities, houses that a woman married 50 years. It all prophesy. Miracle. Their whole house was, it wasn't like, oh, there was still framework. It was dust and ashes completely burned down that they're there kicking through the rubble, kick over a rock and find because she was on vacation, left her wedding band 
They lost all their valuables, but guess what was restored? Just by chance. Her wedding band, the lost coin of covenant. Come on. The Lord says, that is the word of the Lord for today for you. That stuff doesn't happen by chance. And the Lord is redeeming you. Thank God that he came to Hammond, Indiana on 12-12 of 1990 to an unclean man, 17 years of drug addiction, age 7. Some of you have a child age 7, smoking pot. Hardcore drug addict by age 10. Can you imagine that? How do you become a hardcore drug addict? Well, when you grow up a family of hardcore drug addicts, snorting angel dust at 10 years old. I mean, you know, when you're a child, it's etched into you. And, you know, selling drugs at age 10, ripping off, stealing. I can't remember from age 10 to age 24, a day I didn't get high. And I mean that. Hardcore drug addict. In alcoholic then, later in my life, and then the worst devil, a cokehead. In I had an encounter with the Lord. He literally resurrected me. Many times I should have been dead. He, he raised me up, overdose. But on 12-12, I had an encounter with the Lord. In one moment, I never went to rehab. And I was perverse, too. I was into, I was beyond pornography. I was into deep perversity. I mean, in one moment, the fire of God hit me and burned it out. And the Lord says, even as I did in your life, I'll do in whole churches, whole cities and regions. Can a nation be saved in it today? I would say yes. That there's coming burning bush encounters where everything shifts and changes in a moment. I believe we're in that season of a great awakening because our we have the Lord. I was in prayer. He said, tell the prophetic intercessors in wherever you go that you have one, two, three years that the, the balance of the scales that the nation hangs in the balance and only the intercessors will shift this nation. We have three years to shift it. And it's more, it's about my lifestyle. Like Denny said, I said, Lord, what's up with this year? He said, son, I'm after your lifestyle. I'm after your lifestyle. I want your lifestyle. I just don't want your worship style. I want your lifestyle. The wineskin is not worship style. It's our lifestyle. When your lifestyle, when the church's lifestyle matches the word, then the word will be released with authority once again. But you see, we can't do this. All we can do is say yes. And the Lord keeps showing me this picture of the wind coming in and there's fire in the wind. Tell them to open the door and let, and the wind will blow out what it needs to blow out. And don't fear what the wind blows out for what comes with the wind is greater than what the wind blows away. But the wind will blow away the things that are not weighty. But you better let the wind in. I'm telling you, he wants to blow away some good Christian ways. He wants to blow away some good Christian ways. He wants to make you a person of his voice. My sheep, hear my voice. Are you his sheep? 
It's not about being prophetic. It's about being a sheep. So, Lord, I pray, open their ear to hear. Redeem their ear to hear. Even now, Lord. And the Lord's coming. This is an appointed time. The Lord's on a mission that he's awakening an apostolic seed of destiny in a generation. And by apostolic, it's been so misused. But apostolic literally means sent. There's a sent generation sent from heaven to earth. Earth is not your home. Your citizenship is in heaven. You live from heaven to earth. And he's awakening the revelation that of this sent generation and the spirit and the power of Elisha that will walk in the authority, that will walk with a double portion of the mantle of Elisha and shift atmospheres. The Lord says, I will send you Elisha before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. They'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children of the fathers. And you'll hear Danny speak about that. And on the spiritual end of it, we need, Paul says, you got many teachers, but you got few fathers. He's raising up true fathers that truly he's busting. He's breaking down this systematic religion system. <laughs> it's not really a father. It's more of a system. He's going to raise up true fathers that really love the children, that will lay their lives down for the sheep, for the children. And it's a movement. And you guys here are modeling that movement and are going to model that movement. I can't go into all the scriptures for time about Elijah, but Elijah comes. Jesus said in Mark nine, Elijah comes and restores all things. And in Peter said in Acts 3 that times of refreshing, revival will come from the presence of the Lord. And it's not so you can feel good and just life will be easier. Every wave of revival is a season of the restoration of all things. It says we're in a season of the restoration of all things. And Elijah is the one that restores all things. It, Elijah must arise in us. The Elijah generation. And, you know, we got to walk in the ways of Elijah. Come on. It's a lifestyle message. But I'm telling you, it's not legalistic. Because, you know, what the Lord gave me this a while ago. He's like, we have, even in our good intentions, we have a righteousness that is self-righteous. And he says, teach my people the revelation of righteousness. Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him as righteousness. What does that mean? Well, I've heard a lot of sermons on that. What, how did Abraham believe God? He heard the word of the Lord and he obeyed even though it didn't make sense. That's the greatest definition of the fear of the Lord. Because when God speaks to you, it will not make sense. It will offend your natural mind. You'll either live by the natural mind or the mind of the spirit. So what's righteous for me is not righteous for you. Because, see, we like clone Christianity, Christian robots. I just live like everyone else. I cross my T's, dot my I's. I don't watch bad movies, and I pray every day, go to church on Wednesday and Sunday, Good cookie cutter Christians, no power, no authority. And, you know, even our, our, 
you know, leading people to the Lord. Many people have entered into a mental ascent salvation. I agree with the facts of the Bible, but they've never been born of the spirit of God. When someone gets born again, you'll know it. Mental ascent salvation. Church is full of mental ascent salvation. I have to tell the truth. Very few are being born again. And you watch, they just, well, where did they go? Mental ascent salvation. See, salvation is about covenant relationship. We're to lead people into covenant. I'm marrying God. I have no other lover. I have one, God. It's covenant. It's a covenant, intimate relationship of the sharing of lives. That I don't belong to myself. I've been crucified with Christ. I don't belong to myself. I belong to him. And he lives his life through me. That's the word of the Lord. And the Lord is coming to the woman at the watering hole. And he's raising up a people with the spirit of Elijah. He's confronting the woman that has had five husbands. And he knew. Like Hosea. You know, he's saying, I married you. And I'm redeeming you with 15 Silver shekels, 15. This is a season I'm redeeming you. But God's raising up Elijah messengers, an Elijah movement, just as Elijah went to Mount Carmel to redeem the woman Israel. God's raising up a people in the spirit and the power of Elijah to redeem the woman, the church. And we must not be silent. We must not be politically correct. We must be biblically correct. We must know the word of the Lord, that we must be true righteousness, that we must hear the word of the Lord and obey. And if you obey, I'll pay. And if you don't, I won't. You're on your own. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy? Didn't we hold crusades and do this and that? And he said, only him who does the will of my father will enter in. And it's not about works. It's about intimacy and knowing the voice. See, we've made Christianity a religion that it wasn't meant to be. Do we even know what Christianity means? It's Messiah. Like Messiah. Do you know what Messiah means? It means Mashiach means to spear, smear. That's what a Christ, you know, Christ means. But it's really in the Jewish mind, which we don't know because Constantine kicked all that out. It means one anointed to be king. We're called to rule and reign with him. Did you know your royalty? You're called to rule and reign. But see, we're eating the raisin cakes of idolatry. When we could be stretching the rod of his government and removing kings from Egypt. You don't even want me to tell you that because I'll really disrupt you probably. (laughs) Because he will use you to remove kings. He'll use you to remove the Muslim Brotherhood. He'll use you to call forth incredible things. If you hear his voice and the Lord sending Elijah to the, to Mount Carmel, to the church, revelation two eighteen, the angel 
to the angel of the church of Thyatira, these are the words of the son of God whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love, your faith, your service, your perseverance, and that you are doing more than you did at first. I, I, it speaks, you know, we're hardworking. We'll do whatever, you know, we persevere and we're doing more than the book of Acts ever did. We got so many programs. We got programs out the wazoo. We got this, we got that. But do we have the glory of the Lord? Do we walk in when we walk into cities that we shift atmospheres like the apostles did? That with the word demons come out. Instead, we take them in the back rooms and counsel their demons and put them on medication. Come on. Is that the truth? And I'm like, Lord, and I'm not saying I got it right. See, we're stuck together in this. But see, God's redeeming us. God's redeeming us. God's doing this. God's saying, now's the time. I'm coming for my bride, and I will not be denied, and I'll awaken her destiny. And he's going to first raise up a movement, a messenger movement, in the spirit and the power of Elijah that will go to Mount Carmel, that will go to the church, if you know, you don't understand what I'm saying, that during Elijah's day, that Elijah called a drought because Jezebel, which means Baal exalts, Ahab, the king of Israel, married a woman from the north. She imported her gods and created mixture. See, he, they would allow you to still worship Yahweh, but you had to bow down and kiss Baal's image. It was mixture. And if you were a true prophet that spoke the word of the Lord, that spirit, that Jezebel would kill you. So Obadiah hid 50 prophets in one cave and another. And three and a half years, God hid Elijah. But he said, now's the time. Go to Ahab. Go to Mount Carmel. We're going to have a Holy Spirit showdown. And I'm going to show him who God is. I'm going to show him who the real God is. I'm going to call my people out of mixture. Revelation chapter 2. That's Jezebel. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You're doing all this work. You're doing good. You're doing that. You know, paying your tithes, giving your offering, doing programs, feeding the poor. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel. And this is a spirit. It's a literal woman, but it's a spirit who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, that's key. By her teaching, she misleads my servants, literally bond servants, into sexual immorality and the eating of meat sacrificed to idols. By her teaching, she leads my people into mixture that's called the Americanized gospel, the gospel of the IRA and the retirement of man. And I'm not against your retirement, but I'm telling you, God might tell you to do something with that. Is, you know what? All that stuff's coming down anyway. So don't even fear it. Because God can have you kick over a rock and have a bag of coins under it. If you obey, I will pay. And if you don't, I won't. You better be a person of the voice of the Lord for what's coming on the earth. See, it's not optional anymore. If you don't know his voice, you and your family are not going to make it. So God's not trying to give you a legalistic righteousness. You have to. Righteousness is Abraham heard the voice of the Lord. 
Leave your family, leave everything behind and go to the land. I'll show you and I'll make covenant with you there. And he considered it righteousness. Righteousness is not, you know, baby Christianity is not doing bad, bad things. That's a no brainer. We should not watch perversity. We should not fill our lives with bad things. That's not righteousness. That's consecration. Righteousness is knowing the Lord, walking with the Lord and doing what he says. And it will cost you something, but I'm telling you, the dividends are awesome. You will burn with fire. You will see miracles. We have no miracles because we don't have no radical faith. It takes radical faith and risk to have miracles, but we kind of want to figure it all out, have it all, you know, like how we know, we know this next step and this is going to happen. You can't know that with God. It's a walk of faith. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. Do we really live by faith or do we live by natural sight? We sit around board meetings. Well, how much money do we got? Do we got enough to do that? Well, what's the word of the Lord? What's the word of God? Well, you know, you can't trust that because people, you know, so we're letting a spirit of fear dictate how we move. Yeah, maybe people hear wrong, but how about raise up a people that hear right, that meditate day and night on the book, that devour this book more than any other thing. God speaks. He prophesies through this book. I get more prophetic revelation through this book than anything else. If you don't know the book, you won't know his voice. And if you don't know his voice, you're not going to make it. Because the devil will come. And he'll quote scripture. If you don't know the book, you won't know him. I always say, we got to have a revival in the book. He is the book. There's no other book that's alive. This is a living letter that, that when you eat it, it becomes a living part of you. He comes and lives in you. You can get more revelation. You're like, well, I don't understand it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Who told you that? The devil? Come on. Calls herself a prophetess by her teaching. This teaching we have that it leads us in the mixture. Baal was all about sexual perversion. They had temple cult prostitutes that would have sex with each other. Did you know that? Who said the Bible's boring? That's what they would do because Baal would release the dew, the semen over the earth and make things prosperous. It was a God of prosperity and materialism. It was, you know, it was, they would sacrifice their children, abortion. They would cut themselves. We have an epidemic of that in the world. And, it was, a, it was a, a, a religion of perversion. And by her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual perversion and the eating of meat sacrificed to idols. Meat sacrificed to an idolatrous lifestyle. We have preaching in the church. I'm not saying this church because this man's awesome. Amen. But you need God's raising this church up to be a messenger and to model this movement. And there's teaching, and it's good teaching, and we use scriptures to back up our Americanized lifestyle, but it's not the whole counsel of God. And it's a spirit of Jezebel, a spirit of religion that rests over the church. And it said, Herod took the sword and killed James the apostle. 
You know what? There's still men that have a Herod spirit. Herod was of Esau who sold a single, he sold his inheritance for a single meal. The spirit of Herod takes the sword and kills the apostolic and puts you in a cookie cutter religion. Everyone knows the same. What is God saying? I don't know. But let me tell you what happened on Facebook. This person posted this and that. Well, what's the word of the Lord? I don't know. You better know. I'm sorry. I, got, I have to speak the truth. You better know. What is the word of the Lord over your family? I don't know. Shut the door. Go in the secret place. You better know the word of the Lord. We're working jobs we hate. We're just working to make money. And we need to make money, but I'm telling you, God can turn that into a ministry. God has an appointed place for you. He has an appointed thing for you to do, and you'll burn in that place. He's breaking this, he's breaking this Jezebel spirit, the spirit of mixture, and he's coming for his bride, and he will not be denied. And there's going to be clarity. There's a Elijah movement that's going to get up and prophesy. He says in verse 21, I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she's unwilling. God sent how many things to our nation? And again, God don't send storms. I know God does it. Sometimes he does. I know that goes against the flow of some popular people. But really, you know how storms come? We conceive our own storms. You conceive a seed, you're going to give birth to something. Through abortion, the shedding of innocent blood, unrighteous decrees from the Supreme Court, turning against Israel, different things. We've conceived tornadoes. We've conceived hurricanes. We conceive an unrighteous seed and we give birth to a tornado, a storm, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So that's that. And that is the word of the Lord. Well, I don't like that. Well, too stinking bad. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really a nice guy. <laughs> I've put her, I cast her on a bed of suffering. And this is the one that provokes me. I will make those who commit adultery with her to suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know I am he who searches the heart and mind. I will repay each of you according to your deeds. And what is God saying to this? God's just mad. He don't like us. No, he's saying, I'm a lover. I'm looking for a lover. And I won't share you with mixture. But I'm coming to redeem you. And we've seen, you know, when Israel walked with God, that, that there's no enemy that could stand before them. And I'm telling you, none of them were sick. None of them were feeble. And I'm telling you, we have a greater glory. So why it provokes me? Why does the person with the headache get healed, but the person in the wheelchair don't get up? See, that provokes me. Ooh. That provokes me. We're, we've lost a coin and we don't even know it. Wasn't that a good service? No, I can't say what it was. I'd have to cuss again. And I haven't cussed for about 20 something years. It's not a good service. I'm tired of good services. I want the glory of the Lord. I want to walk in my mandate. If we don't speak the message, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. 
and it's not working. And I was 12 years in downtown Flint. I've led thousands and I'm not bragging on myself. I led Flint outreach. I've led, I'd have, you know, park rallies, 12, 1500 people, give everyone a Bible, lead them in a prayer, planted a lot of seeds. And you know, those people didn't get born again. They got a seed planted and we'd go put our name in a newsletter. We got, we saved 1200 people. No, you didn't. You planted 1200 seeds. Are they in church? Are they burning for the Lord? You might've made them twice the child of the devil by having them pray a sinner's prayer instead of inviting them into a covenant relationship with God and to surrender everything to repent of their lifestyle and be made new. It's not a sinner's prayer. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Come on is right. Give me another. Come on. Me and Mike are getting hats that say, come on. It's the truth. I've been in the schools. I've been on the streets. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. The Lord put a wind on the harvest. But he says, now's the time. My son told me, do you know what's on that coin? That's the goddess of agriculture. I was like, oh. He's like, Lord, you see, Lord, so you see what's in her arm? It's the wheat. I'm redeeming the harvest, son. I'm redeeming the woman with the harvest in her arm. And now is the time. But I first must redeem the church because I will not allow her to reproduce what she presently is. I had this in two years ago in a meeting with 12 pastors. I had to give this word a revival. We we're having a revival, we're doing a big revival um, outreach. And the Lord says, the Lord had me stamp and give this word. The Lord says there will be no revival in Flint until I first redeem the church because I love the sinners too much to send them to your church. How would you like to get up and give that word? You make them twice a child of the devil, Jesus said. I will not allow Jezebel to prophesy anymore. And again, you, this, oh, the Lord loves us. He knew we'd commit harlotry. And now's an appointed time. There's been a, a drought on the grain. There's just been a shuffling of saints going from what very, there's some still a few people getting born again. But what's the next hot spot? They all go there. They all go there. They all go there. This is like a big revolving door. Well, you know, I don't like them anymore. They Go over there and pay my tithes. Well, take your stinking tithe and get out the door. Jezebel. <laughs> I'm being honored, you know. But you see, at the end, I got to bring it to an end. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end. Not to him who prays the sinner prayer. What happened to the sinner's prayer? Many on that day will say, Lord, Lord. We confessed you as Lord, and we even did miracles. I never knew you. Only he who does the Father's will. It's not about works. It's about intimacy and obeying the voice. See, we take the anointing and build a big church and ministry, and we started off right, but we ended bad. And you can end bad. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end. I will give authority over the nations. Do you know what God's calling us into? He will rule them with an iron scepter and dash them to pieces like pottery, pottery, 
just as I've received authority from my father and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches present tense right now. And he says, this is a vision. He says to him overcomes, you'll rule and reign with me. I'll give you Psalms too. This is Psalms too. And he includes us in it. You'll rule. I'll give you. The Lord told me, he said, you're bridging from the church age to the millennial age that see things you do won't always, you'll see now, but I'm telling you, they'll bridge over in the millennium. Some of you are going to be a mayor or a king over this region. He'll give some of you 10 cities that everything we do bridges into the age to come. And we need to get a vision for that. And he says, you'll rule and reign with me. King of kings. King of many kings. All right. How can I wrap this up? Lord, help me to wrap this up because I don't want to keep them long. The Lord knew we would cheat on him, but he, he redeems the woman. Read the book of Hosea. Read chapter 2. And he says in chapter 2, and I'll bring it to a close, so maybe the worship team will come up. That will help me close up. Bring charges against the mother. For she's not my wife, for I'm not her husband. Let her put her harlotries away from her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. Lest I strip her naked and expose her in the day she was born. That's what the Lord's done to the church. We're hypocrites. You say, Christian, he stripped us naked and he showed that we're barren. He has revealed to the world we're barren. It's all about bring your money in. Give me your money. And so, you know. And that's how the world sees us. And not all churches like that. I'm not saying that. And But he stripped us barren, naked. But you know what? Study the barren womb. That's the only womb that will conceive a supernatural seed. Sarah, Hannah. Hannah means grace. Hannah was barren and goes into travail. That's what the God's calling. Grace is barren. Hannah's barren. And it's time for the church to go into travail and say, God, give me seed. And Hannah conceived a supernatural seed and gave birth to a supernatural son, Samuel. That Samuel birthed the movement. And Hannah, grace is barren. We've been stripped naked. And we got to go to a place of God no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes. I want biblical Christianity. I, I want to walk in the fullness, God. No matter what it takes. And you can't earn this. I, I don't want you to go to try to earn this. Because that will wear you out. That will put you under law. And I, it's about intimacy. It, it's about hearing his voice and spending time with Papa. He, he loves us. He's not disillusioned. He knew we'd do all this stuff. He knew we'd go off the deep end. But he said, I'm coming after you. I've, I've given you time to show you what doesn't work. Now I'm going to show you what works. I'm going to take you up in my scroll room. I'm going to open the scroll and you're going to eat it and you're going to declare my word. He says, I will not, verse 4, I will not have mercy on our children for they are children of harlotry. See, the Lord's not going to have mercy on what we've given birth to spiritually. He's not worried about our programs and the ministries that we built and the churches we built. 
See, if we lay that before him and let him touch it with fire, a lot of it might get burned up, but we'll be left with gold refined in the fire. And then we'll have authority. We'll walk in the true covenant and a true relationship and we'll we'll have something of another world we'll have the kingdom of heaven resting on us that it's not about us you see what awakened the woman jesus didn't like show him a bracelet see you know this represents this and this represents this and this represents where i died for you and and let me tell you about this and tell you about that he spoke a prophetic word and it unlocked her and she wanted to hear i'll tell you walk in a grocery store you give someone a word that nobody knows they'll be like oh and then tell them the gospel they'll be like i want to hear what you got to say i've seen this happen and we can't build this thing with natural means. We got to burn that stuff. The well's deep. You got to leave your water pot, your natural. You can't tap into this well naturally. It's by the Spirit. Church has got to leave its. We are in that meeting, remember? With the grand poopa of the assemblies of God. And I stood up. With, right. We're talking with the main guy of the assemblies of God, and all these pastors. And I was provoked. I'm shaken crying under the power of God. My God, don't make me do this. Talking about evangelism. What program are you using? What program are you using? What program are you using to find I'm to shake anything anymore? And I stand up in it. And I'm like, it's like fire coming out of me. I'm like, what are we doing? Wake up. You know, we put Azusa Street on the district webpage. That this is our beginnings. I birthed you in the fire. Get back to the fire. Burn your harvest equipment, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. You've seen what man can do. You've seen what man can build, the big buildings. But I'm building a house, not built with human hands. Watch what I'll do with a few that hear my word and obey. That simply say, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do this. And there will be a release of kingdom authority and power. And he made you for this. You were made for this. Lord, I thank you. I just decree a shift over your life. I break down the lies of the enemy of condemnation that say, oh, not good enough. Well, no kidding, you're not good enough. That's why he died. Jesus, seeing that all things were completed. Have you seen that everything's complete? He's perfectly pleased with you through the blood of his son. And that's the only place that you can release righteousness from. If not, it's a legalistic righteousness. It's self-righteousness. And he wants to break that off you. That you are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, because he died for you and become as perfect sin offering for you. And from that place, you'll be able to live righteous. See, he he knows all and he loves you radically. He's not angry at you. He's not shaking his fists. That's your earthly father for someone in the room. Not good enough. Not good enough. Not good enough. Not good enough. Never good enough. You never feel good enough. It's never enough. You're never good enough. That's a spirit resting over you, condemning you. And I say to that voice, let them go right now. And the authority 
of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ, I strike you down over their lives and I declare you will hear the voice of the Lord. You will hear your father. You will hear the son and the spirit of God. I love you. You were made for me, says the Lord. You were made for me. You were made for a relationship with me. That's why nothing else will work. But I'm bringing you into a season of redemption. And I'm even redeeming your broken heart. There's someone here. Your heart's been shattered. And the Lord's picking up the pieces. And He's restoring your heart. He's restoring your first love. You can't do this. All you can do is say, yes, I let the wind with the fire and the wind into my life. And I'll let go of everything. Whatever you want to blow out, God, I will let go. Lord, I thank you that what comes with the wind is so much greater than what the wind blows away. And we say yes today in our marriages, in our family, in our churches. Lord, we open the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door, I will come in and sup and dine with him. Lord, come in. Release the bread of heaven. I will come in and have intimacy with him. Just open the door. We open the door. King of glory, we open the door. Come in. Awaken my heart, God. Awaken me, God. God, do something you've never done. Awaken me. Awaken me, Lord. Awaken my family. Awaken, Lord. Awaken your bride, Lord. Awaken this state, this region. Lord, I thank you for an appointed time. Holy Spirit, come. We want you, God. And Lord, we've been inconsistent. You know that. We've been disillusioned. And even someone in the room, you've been angry with God. But God's like, I love you. I love you. Lord, I thank you for redemption right now. I'm redeeming your heart. I'm redeeming your first love. I'm awakening your heart. You're going to feel again. You're going to believe again. You're going to know my heartbeat. You're going to put your ear on my breast like John. And you're going to hear my heartbeat. You're going to hear my will. You're going to hear my voice. You're going to know my heart and you're going to move from my heart. And my heart burns for you. I love you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I want you. I'll never give up on you. You're my little one and I love you. I'm burning with affection for you. Just say yes. Come again. Come again. Come again. Come again. Hey. Let's just gather at the altar. Let's just gather and say, come again. We want you again. We want to be with you where you are. We want to know your voice. And we can't do it, God. We've tried and we're tired of trying. We're burned out, God, of trying. Lord, just come and send fire on our heart. Do what only you can do. Only you can awaken our hearts, Lord. Hey!
restoring your song. I'm restoring your song. I'm giving you a new song, a song of joy, a song of intimacy. I'm restoring your joy. You'll sing with me again in the night watch. You won't lay in bed worrying about your problems, but you'll sing. You'll sing with me again. Right now, right now, right now, right now, it's shifting, it's breaking, it's moving. Right now, right now, now is your time. Now is your time. Today is your day. Be awakened, be awakened, my bride, be awakened, be awakened. I'm redeeming you, I'm redeeming you. I'm redeeming you. Shima no 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 Give me your husband. Give me your wife. Quit trying to redeem them. You can't. I'm redeeming them. I'm redeeming your children. I'm even redeeming bad choices where you got out of alignment with me, I'll redeem that, says the Lord. Just give it to me. I'll redeem that. Shema ma 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 na 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 no no sima. Shema na 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 no 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 ya na na na. Disillusionment go. Disillusionment. Disappointment. I break disappointment. And I decree appointment. You're being reappointed in the divine destiny. You will not be disappointed for you are appointed of God. Shatter lies. Receive the truth. Church, I know this isn't the pattern that you're used to. I know this isn't the pattern that we've been raised up in. But if we want this redemption, if we want this life breathed back into us, we can't be the adulterous bride. We can't be the adulterous bride. And Jesus said to the disciples, the mass of disciples, he said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part in me. And so many disciples turned and went away. And they said, what is this that he's teaching? And they left him and they walked away. And as they all started to clear away, Jesus looked at his, his inner disciples, his close ones, and he says, how about you? 
are you going to go too? And Peter said some of the greatest words that are written in the scripture. Lord, where would we go? Where else would we go? For you are the one who has the words of life. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? The Lord is speaking to us. He's using different lamps to speak the same message to us. Our part is yes. We have to choose yes. I pray that you'll know that you're called to be the bride that we're called to be the bride. There's arrows in the quiver that haven't been shot yet. The ground has not been struck all the times that the ground needs to be struck. That the Arameans will be defeated. Our Arameans are the world. It's this life that's outside of the call. Go home, rest, pray, ponder, fast, eat, do what you do, but I pray you come back. Come back until all the arrows are shot out of the quiver. Till the conviction is so deep. It's so deep that the transformation happens. That the lies of the world are broken and the truth of heaven is, is real to us. Lord, I just bless this word today. I bless these people today in your name. I bless us to be changed. I bless us to repent. I bless us to be courageous. Maybe that's the biggest blessing we need, Lord, to be courageous unto truth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Listen, I don't know what your plans are. This place will be open. There's there's water. Um, if you're hungry, I'll order pizza. You can eat pizza. If you want to stay and soak, we'll put this, some nice music on for you. We're back again at 6 o'clock to press in. To, to cry out for the more, the more of the kingdom in us and the kingdom through us. I pray that our legs are strong, Lord. Give us the legs to endure, the perseverance and the, the heart to care, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.